Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody right. exclusive. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yeah! Yes, good match. No one is in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get in the way. Hello and welcome to episode 201 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Jack Harper and Tom Kennett. We've got Sean Shoot joining us this week, and Alex has just decided he fancies another week off, so uh, there we go. We've got news of the week to get into, we've got the weekend's Premier League games, and then we'll see whatever else comes to mind. We've got Luke Evans joining us in about 10 minutes' time when it's half-time in the uh, West Brom game, so we'll rattle through news of the week now. How's everyone doing? Good, I've just checked the score of that. Fulham West Brom game, and he's not going to be a happy bunny. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> what is he's it? In, he's in two oh, Christ. oh my God! Was, it was nil nil a second ago. <laughs> 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 Crikey! All right, well we'll get there. So news of the week. Not a lot has happened this week, but then when I tell you what has happened, it may show the standard of what we usually get. So escaped cloned female mutant crayfish. Take over Belgian cemetery. Shut up. That can't be real. How oh, have fish taken over a cemetery? <laughs> what is that? I don't write the headlines, Sean. I was going to say, how do you take over one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine of all of the of all of the animals that we've had take over, cloned mutant crayfish probably aren't top five. <laughs> that sounds like a Murloc in a, a Fallout. Is it Murloc? The Fallout game. Not sure. Crap. Never played them. Wow. wow. Um, pub goers stunned as 85 cows stampede through town centre. <laughs> We've been warning people about cows for a while. <laughs> That'd be amazing to see. <laughs> uh, woman accused of impersonating prosecutor dropping criminal charges against herself. you got my mind spinning here. That's brilliant. Probably a big giveaway as well when the first thing you do is impersonating a prosecutor is to <laughs> drop the charges against yourself. <laughs> uh, Stamford man stabbed in buttocks over a game of chess. <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope that he's gone to moon him after a win. <laughs> uh, leopard mauls Florida man who paid for full contact experience with Big Cat. Why is it always Florida? <laughs> just how things go um warned you about them earlier cow caught chewing on large python in bizarre outback scene 
So the opposite. Have you got a link for that? <laughs> Who can I hear drinking down the pot? <laughs> okay, there's someone slurping. It's okay. Russellgate all over again. We got the silence after. <laughs> um, my yeah, have you got a link for that? Group. I want to see that video. What? A cow chewing on a large python. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't open the headline, so just, <laughs> just Google the headline and it'll come up. Um, my favourite headline I... this week. Russian sausage king killed in sauna with a crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that he's gone down the route of like Russian oligarchs. He's the king of sausages. <laughs> I've got this like image of a really light-hearted oil tycoon. <laughs> well, I watched Paris Bueller again at the weekend, and he impersonates the uh, sausage king of Chicago. So there we go. It's very topical. Mumbai man hides his boldness to get married. Wife registers police case once she sees his true hairline. <laughs> <laughs> police case. Um, <laughs> Indian doctor duped into buying Aladdin's lamp for ninety three thousand and is gutted he can't make a wish. <laughs> Police seized three kangaroos during a $150 million, $150 million illegal cannabis raid. We oh, went man. for the Sweet Mary Jane and came out with three kangaroos. <laughs> man takes on charity Kebabathon by eating 60 kebabs in one month. That's some going. Do you reckon we can add that to the Guinness Book of Records? Well, we could, to be fair. You could probably do that remotely as well. Mm. Alex could eat a kebab every day for 29 days, and if we asked him to do it as a record for the pod, he'd refuse to do it. How? <laughs> Say that his cutlery would get... I've got ruin in this cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baby Shark becomes most viewed YouTube video ever with more than 7 billion plays. Jesus. That means that everyone in the world has seen it at least once. Most of them were from that prison that was torturing the inmates by playing it on repeat. <laughs> and probably a, a good segue to when we get uh, Luke on here, um, the Birmingham accent has been voted as the UK's least trustworthy. <laughs> least trustworthy? <laughs> you, can't, you can't argue with that. There's something about it, and the trustworthy kind of lane I'd go down is I wouldn't trust anything they say because they just sound thick. Well, he's about to come on Blimey. as soon as he's... Uh, <laughs> he's not a brummy though, is he? When they hear his accent, they won't argue with it, let me tell you that. What do I, <laughs> what do I mate? I'm going to watch West Brom. We'll see Wolverhampton. Not that far. <laughs> say this with your chest when he's on, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> hey... Jack turned into a shrinking violet when it came to slating Declan Rice last week. He was shook. Hey, he is rubbish. He was rattled. He was rattled. Maybe he didn't want to go on record when he knows Chelsea might get him, maybe. <laughs> the thing is, I've been quite vocal with how much I don't think we need him. But if he comes to us and he's amazing, then great. <laughs> Connor actually messaged me after the podcast last week saying, uh, I'll be back on Monday when... West Ham beat Liverpool and I'll tell you how we're going to win the league. <laughs> messaged him when they were 1-0 up and then he messaged me again after they'd lost saying, uh, yeah, I forgot I've said anything, mate. 
so unfortunately didn't go to plan. And then other Connor was quick to show up last week after United have beaten PSG. But this weekend's results, suddenly nowhere to be seen. Remarkable. FaceTimed him twice and he didn't answer. <laughs> and then I said, are you going to come on the pod? And he said, no. I asked why. And he said, I think you know why. And that was it. <laughs> Still don't know why. If anything, I'd be more keen to talk about it. I have to get it off my chest. It's been good for you, haven't it, over the years? Catharsis. Yeah. Still, maybe the lowest. Like the, the Unai Emery times were like a permanent low. <laughs> but that that loss to Liverpool, what must have been, what, our first game of the season, was it? Where we got yeah. battered? That yeah. was probably the lowest point. Even was that the one where you it, turned to drink? Yeah, even worse would it have been a proper hot day as well. It was like, <laughs> All my chickens coming home to roost. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Cracking open a strong in mid-pod. <laughs> On uh, Movie Madness this week, we've got Casino Royale against Crank. I'd ask you your thoughts, TK, but I'm pretty sure I asked you and you've not seen Crank. No, you're correct. I haven't. So, there we go. Look forward did, to watching that. I did have Alex asking if he could... Uh, Join that pod. I did point out that he claims he's always too busy to get notes done, but suddenly he'd be able to watch two films a week. <laughs> and then pointed out, look, Jack had to wait till there was an opening. So he's not. He's not turned out to this one. No, exactly. In fact, he said, <laughs> he, he said he'll drop out of the sports pod to do the movie pod. <laughs> like Nasty that. that. Nasty. Like the people that wouldn't come on the pod when we asked, we got an interview. And said, you know what, mate? We got some views. You know what, mate? I'll come on the podcast next week. <laughs> no, thank you, sunshine. <laughs> we are just killing time here till uh, everyone's ready, rather than go into a game <laughs> only to have talk about West Brom straight after. We don't really want to talk about the big teams and then go back down there. But as we referenced uh, before we started recording Sean Connery obviously uh, died this weekend unfortunately I've, um, uh, and we've got a Bond film I've never been a big Bond fan you know no I feel you have to be a fan if you're British you just have to be <laughs> I, I don't, and if you're not I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's 60 million fans just off the yeah. bat <laughs> I also, yeah you've, you've got to like Go to the re-education camps if you're not a fan. Of <laughs> it's kind of like if you're not a fan I've of rugby. I've just never been Boston. like all in. What don't you like about them? I don't. I don't dislike them. I've just they're not like. Oh my god, a new James Bond film. I'm not going to turn up to a barbecue and ask you about Doctor No and debate Sean Connery or <laughs> Piers Brosnan. But you'd go in. You wouldn't like my answer. But you're going to the trenches for the race. <laughs> I didn't go into the trenches for the raid. The raid is what the raid is. I'm going to the trenches <laughs> for the raid too, I'll tell you that. Great film. I still I've maintain... Always been, always been born over Bond for South. And also, mm. Jack's thoughts on the raid are slightly diminished by the one thing I said pre-watching it is, don't watch it with the dubbed, dubbed language over the top. And it came on, and as a point of critique, 
said the voices didn't match the mouth. <laughs> that, that must have been a rough watch. Sean, did he not say that as a point to mark it down? I said, I said, the dubbed version when the, when they were screaming, the screaming didn't like line up. It didn't suit. It becomes more like a comedy than an than action film. Hey, when James Bond does a mad dog, then fair enough. I was thinking with the Sean Connery dying, I, I was a real test for the, you know, like when someone dies and everyone says what a lovely bloke, they were. I thought that was a real test for that one. Someone that is like notoriously a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> well, they usually, like... they usually switch to, um, was a real character. Yeah, the but they're literally, the, the obituary <laughs> for him has literally been from everyone, yeah, the best Bond. I mean, that's the only thing they've been able to say. A cheeky, misunderstood Bond. Mm-hmm. I well, did prefer they, his ones that, though, those bonds that, a bit of misogyny in my Bond films that <laughs> line that you've just used there mate it does remind me of a cheeky misunderstood something else <laughs> yeah that was, <laughs> my mind went there straight away as well <laughs> that's why that's why I used it I was hoping you'd pick it up <laughs> I'm never going to be able to hear those words again it was the five year anniversary of it a couple of weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've only just uh, clicked in. This head. is the in-joke <laughs> of all in-jokes here. <laughs> Anyone listening is going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? I mean, in fairness... But the people we, who do know will laugh. We've yeah. done pods talking about worse of ourselves. I mean, it's only right that we do an episode on that at some point. Yeah. Wow. I think if, if we can leave the person nameless, I think... Yeah. Yeah, you need to break it down, get interviews from people who were there when they saw it come on. It, it, was, it is a real where were you moment. You know, they talk about JFK and all that. I remember yeah. where I was Me and Jack were in the cinema watching Back to the Future 2. Real, yeah, they were, Hearing they were the showing, guy go, he took that guy's wallet. <laughs> they were showing all the Back to the Future films back to back. And we left after Back to the Future 2 because we just saw the carnage unfolding. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> where is this swine? Where is he hiding? Yeah, that's definite upstairs pod material, that is. Yeah. Mm. Try ringing him, see if he answers. They've obviously got that stoppage time. You can see uh, why they've got the least trustworthy accent as well. Never... <laughs> Do you think on that vote, it was just like loaded with Scousers voting? It's like, look, we're not fucking losing this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it, it was the true test of... Um, how fit Demi Rose was for me that I briefly like went out <laughs> to bat for the Birmingham accent. <laughs> it doesn't sound that bad, you know, actually. <laughs> no, it probably is just because it's on here. It is definitely the worst one. I don't know. Some Scottish is pretty up there. I, I, the Scottish is funny, though. The, yeah. The test is... Whether how much it can be kind of a downgrade because the Birmingham accent as bad as it is isn't really bringing down Demi Rose. If she if she did have a Scottish accent, that could go some way. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit. Hey, a long way by her standards is a, a pin drop compared to <laughs> anything else. Pin drop. Do you think I do think when you hear a lot of the Manchester accent, that is quite bad. We're not leaving much of the country left here, mate. 
Are you going to alienate it? Bolton's now? always first in my head when I think of bad accents. No, you're 100% right. Bad manager. Not even half time yet, Byron. I used to work for Isn't it? No. He told me quarter past six. That's 43 minutes. They start oh, late, oh. did they? Know, they didn't think about the pod. As well. It's not like he's missing much, to be honest. <laughs> we might be doing him a favour. <laughs> Getting him out of there. We could always get into a game and then... Re- I mean, re- it's going to be... It's the 47th minute. So we're going to be there any moment, so... You would have thought, it, being 2-0 down, you would have thought, right, I'll just leave it for half-time and I'll come back to it. In, in a full-on West Brom game, the ref, even if there's like a broken leg, you're like, no, we're not doing stoppage time here, let's <laughs> just fucking wrap it up. <laughs> is he paid the £15 for it, do you know? I don't think so, but that is one no. of my questions. Um, <laughs> it's just ticked to half-time. This like is if he just I, comes in raging. This would be my ideal thing to jump on, like in a fit of rage. Oh my god, <laughs> you'd be going mad. Well, me and Jack tried to do one, um, the once, and then Alex decided to be in the loudest room I've ever heard. Ruined it all for everyone. Wow, coward! Like he was, he was doing on video trying to get his brother on screen. Alex, we're trying to record a podcast. Here. Have you all, have you all seen the uh, the Kane thing? With the two ESPN journalists. Yeah, well, I put it in the chat earlier. I know, I know you have, but I get. Well, I guess I was asking Jack really first. Yeah, it's just bad, and like it goes on. Oh, you're just boring talking about it. He sounds like the most boring bloke in the world. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like pot kettle black a little bit. <laughs> yeah. What What did they do? So they're they, they're like they're having mocking dis- his voice. So they're having like. A dis- <laughs> They're having like a discussion, so I think the producer like tells them they're going to speak about Kane, and then they start speaking about it, and then they're just like, "Oh, I just can't be bothered. This is such a boring thing." And then they just start slating. She says, "With a voice like that, thank God he plays football." (laughs) Uh, That's some truth to what she's saying. It's that um, I'm sure that Mark Ogden is one of the names I recognised on there. I've actually seen the apology, but I didn't know what it was for. So this all yeah, makes a bit more sense now. He his wasn't he didn't actually say anything that bad. Hutch, the 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 bird was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> she um, put an apology picture up as well, and then turned off her turned off her replies on Twitter. <laughs> Cowardly those. Yeah, Alexis Nunes. That's it. Yeah. Nothing bores your piss like seeing a tweet and saying seeing a. The only people who can reply to this are people they follow or tagged or whatever. <laughs> you coward. When did that come in? Is that a fairly recent? I, I, I know, yeah. I think it's reasonably yeah. recent. Yeah, and only some people can do it, I think. Like, the one after West Ham. Have you got to be verified? Well, no, because you can do it, but after West Ham came back against Spurs is when it suddenly said that I could post voice clips to Twitter. <laughs> like, it never happened before. Oh, Jesus. So I took for advantage. He says he's ready. Here we go. Obviously, we we'll have to talk in general because we haven't seen it. <laughs> Waiting with bated breath here. Here he is. Hello. We've got you <laughs> recording now, so I mean... We know, we've seen the score. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
<laughs> was nil nil last time I checked. I knew this but... would be a terrible idea to call it off time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it was time with our news of the week finishing. So the last news headline I've shared was that the Birmingham accent has been voted the UK's least trustworthy. Really? Surely it'd be scouts. Yeah. You'd think. <laughs> yeah, TK said he thinks maybe there was some collusion there. <laughs> Ensure the voting went a different way. <laughs> so maybe, maybe the stupidest accent. Trustworthy, I guess, guys. I mean, fortunately or maybe unfortunately, we've not been able to see the game that's going on today. <laughs> I'm assuming it doesn't look like West. you're going to be pulling it back. We just look so awful going forward when we started the season i was like we actually can score a few goals we got two against everton and three against chelsea and i was like if we can sort our defense out and then it's just we just take so long it's just passing sidewards um including last season's games we're now one win in 14 games if we lose this today Jesus. shocking <laughs> i'm laughing because i i can truly hear the despair in your voice <laughs> Uh, the one win was against Harrogate Town as well in the cup. So. <laughs> what does that say, um, really? Worth the pay per view then? I'm I'm streaming it. I'm not paying. I'm not paying for that. If I'd have paid for, we we got Spurs pay per view Sunday as well, and that means we would have had to pay sixty pound if I wanted to watch all the West Brom games on pay per view. Yeah, so I think yeah, West Brom and Villa are the two clubs that have had the most games scheduled for pay per view. Yeah, it's because. <laughs> no neutral watch. It was West Brom <laughs> Fulham, West Brom Burnley, West Brom Brighton. Like a neutral's not really going to watch that, are they? Well, um, the Athletic put an article out earlier about so they say some of the smaller teams are maybe saying that they should keep the pay per view model as it is. And I'm thinking, well, West Brom and Villa are probably making an absolute fortune. Yeah. Um, they, well, I, if people are buying it, I suppose. <laughs> There's there's all the things on like Twitter like uh, donate to a local food bank and stuff. But I saw a Leicester Villa game and there was still twenty thousand people paid for it, which I think they're making a killing. If people, if twenty thousand people are paying fifteen quid, they'll probably just keep it. I said I think I've been in our group chat where I was saying that uh, it's like around the election time where you get the impression that not a single person in the world is voting Tory. <laughs> people obviously <laughs> are. And it's the same with buying these pay-per-view games. That's a good Jack's analogy. dad was having a sneaky buy. We don't yeah. know when he voted either, so he could be doing both, unless he's tweeted otherwise. <laughs> yeah, the football world is not just football Twitter, is it? So there are probably, even if there's just half the stadium, so 10,000 West Brom fans buying it, they're still making money off it. But I don't know anyone who's paid for it. so Maybe not a good time to ask. Is it more fun... To push for promotion or the thrill of battling relegation? It's obviously more fun to push for, to push for promotion because you're winning 70%, 60% of your <laughs> games. I've, this is going to be our seventh game in the Prem and we've got three points, which is pretty pathetic. Um, yeah, but I, I do prefer, especially when I could go to the games, would prefer being in the Premier League, watching the better players play against West Brom. And for a time, we, we did have seven or eight years in the top flight that I'd watch, and we were competitive, whereas now we're we're losing to Fulham, who are awful. <laughs> and they look awful tonight, but yet they're 2-0 up. So. Yeah, I think we said the other week on here that if they could just tell us the result of the Fulham game. There's no need to even play them. 
<laughs> because we assume they'd lose each one, but obviously not. Um, what are you are you putting it down to? Lack of spending? Are you calling for a sacking? I don't want Billet sacked because I, I, I look at the available managers now and I think, honestly, who could we get in who's better than him? I, I doubt if if we call up someone like Big Sam, which a lot of people are predicting, that we we took quite a long time to shake the West Brom with Pulis football. Like with Billich last year and Darren Moore before that, we played some quite good attacking football. And then if we just go and throw it away and bring in Big Sam, then hey. you know, is Eddie Howe available? What's he doing? I don't know if he'll. Pardew's he'll... back on the market. Pardew. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Get him back in. Eddie Howe would be a good shout. Is he is he still is he available now? He hasn't got a club, I don't yeah. think, has he? Eddie Howe, he's just clinging on till something like the Newcastle job comes up. I think he was hoping, I think he was looking at Moyes at West Ham, thinking I'm going to be getting on that, and then Moyes pulled a few results out of the bag. It'd be a fall from grace where he was linked with Arsenal a few years ago, yeah. to then trying he to came keep West Ham up. Say, and said he he gave it his blessing, so to speak. That would have been like. Uh, Fergie remorse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the rumour is that Billich will go after this. He's already like lashing out at the board about lack of transfers and lack of spending. And then when we sold Hagazi against his wish last week, he was fuming. So I think I think this might be the last straw, and they'll get rid of him. <sighs> Which is a shame. But who would get, would Megson come back in? Bloody hell! <laughs> is he even alive? What's Tony Mowbray doing? Uh, he's doing all right at Blackburn, but again, we got promoted under him, and I think we got twenty something points. So I don't want Tony Mowbray. What about Pepe Mel? <laughs> oh, Pepe Mel was useless. He couldn't even. That must be it. the worst manager in the league. Sure, he you, must be a contender for the worst we've seen. <laughs> you're speaking to the man that set up the Pepe Mel reactions page on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it. Peaked at 49 followers, but um, <laughs> he came in and tried to play like an aggressive high line. And we had 37 year old Gareth McCauley and then Jonas Olsen playing a high line who they've never <laughs> been able to run when they were young, never mind at the age of 38. <laughs> <sighs> but he kept us up, so but no. Um, you, is that... there any chance of chucking some money in uh, January? I don't know who we'd... I don't know... I was a bit positive at the end of last season and I was thinking, do you know what, a few more signings, I think we'd do all right, but... I, and then forgot that like, all of our best players were on loan, so we've had to purchase them first. And then we've got Ivanovic, like, he's doing all right, but again, that was just a bit of a desperation signing, I think. Um, we've got still people like Kieran Gibbs in the team and it's just... We'd need a lot of signings to be able to stay up, and that would be a lot of money we, we, we don't have. Kieran Gibbs, I did say to Troy that when you look back at so many Arsenal teams, it's mental that Gibbs, like we thought Gibbs was an all right left back, and you see him now, and it's like, yeah, maybe not. He can't run anymore, <laughs> made a glass, and then he, he can't even get, I don't know if you've ever seen him play Connor Townsend, he's probably the worst player to put on a West Brom shirt. <laughs> But he's keeping Gibbs out of the team at the moment, which just says it sums up Gibbs' career at the moment. I was going to say, see if he could sneak Ox out of Liverpool, but I'm not sure what he gains from that. I'm also having a mare with fantasy because I was that confident I triple-captained Carlon Grant. And 
he uh, <laughs> he absolutely levered one wide about five foot at the edge of the box, and I was like, that just sums it up today. You must be the only person in history to ever <laughs> triple captain Carlin Grant. <laughs> I've had lump I had Lumpty on the bench this week, so I'm set to lose the my seventh in a row as I'm only ahead of the average by three points on draft. <laughs> you, so. you lose the average. <laughs> average, average is second in that table. I know, it is yeah. bad. It is bad that average is second in table. So far I've played against the star of the week every week. <laughs> Incredible. Your transactions as well, the amount of transactions you've had. <laughs> yeah. On top of it, I've only had one. Don't try and get some of these people in while they're hot. Well, clearly, works out well. not signing strikers didn't pay off. <laughs> and then I got stuck with uh, Callum Robinson, who I had benched for the game against Chelsea, and I don't think he's scored since. Uh, no, but he's our most frequent point scorer, Phelps. Uh He got an assist last week for Grant, who at the moment I don't think he'll score if he played for four weeks in a row, but let's see. Um, and I Cavani come off the bench ahead of Lumpty. So there we go. Yeah, just looking at my fantasy, it needs to be a wild card this week. My dad's trying to call me. He's obviously a West Brom fan as well at the moment. I just can't even. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say. Have you, seen, uh, have you seen the third kit that we've turned up in tonight? Oh, it looks horrible. I've just seen a picture of it. Christ. Yeah, it's like Ronald McDonald colours, isn't it? <laughs> Vile. The minute I saw us turn out in that, I was like, well, we've lost the name <laughs> already. Can you not can you not sneak and uh, support Wolves instead and say you're supporting your local? <laughs> no. Too much history. My dad would never speak to me again. <laughs> that was a FC. I'm worried. Like, all through my life uh, as a West Brom fan, I think I've only seen Wolves beat us twice out of like 15 times and then I just know they're going to absolutely pace the <laughs> A lot of that, though, is like... Um... I see Sunderland fans saying, when's the last time Newcastle beat us? Yes, oh, wow. <laughs> There's quite a good reason for that. <laughs> yeah, they just went out undefeated. They won those derbies and then they got right, right out of here. I'm, I'm done. And the price to pay was that a nonce had to score them goals. Kept yeah, but I think, I think if you ask the Sunderland fan, you can win the derby and a nonce scores, they'd say yes. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, they're taking anything there, really. Exactly. <laughs> That would be a real moral question to ask anyone. Say so you need the points to win the league. Well, Jack, you were at the Hawthorns, weren't you, when uh, Chelsea won the league there? I was indeed. I was... If Ian Huntley had to score that goal. <laughs> <laughs> He'd get him on the back of his shirt. <laughs> Literally, genuinely. I, I don't even... <laughs> yeah, on the back of the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have Ian Huntley on the pitch just now going, bloody willy, and I can't believe he's <laughs> corners for us. I, I just love going into like a DW Sports and getting Ian Huntley pressed <laughs> onto the back of my pristine challenge. <laughs> the shock factor. There must be people anyway. all over England with the surname Huntley, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you've made your views clear by when you said you, you were happy for Gunasaurus to be sacked off. I didn't say I was happy for him to be sacked off. I said 
if it's a choice between him and Thomas Party, then I would rather have Thomas Party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's quite a big jump. <laughs> yeah, but has, has the Gunners always been up to something that I don't know about? The Gunners, yeah. <laughs> Does anyone? But I just feel like actual wages were really. Well, you take out your moral compass for Arsenal getting better after winning. He hasn't even been sacked. He, they've just said, "Look, we don't need you while there's no fans in the stadium." Because the other work he does is going into hospitals and things like that, and they probably don't want the same mascot going into all these <laughs> other hospitals <laughs> full of sick kids and spreading God knows what around well, there. Gunnarsaurus is the reason the virus is spreading so fast. He's a super spreader. <laughs> Can't they still have him in the stands? Because I've been watching home games and Boiler Man's been sitting in like row <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Just cheering the players up a bit. It's a bit of a morale boost. CK, you were saying on Saturday that people were complaining that that ex-Cheltenham manager was in the game. Yeah, he also got like free promotions, and the fans are like, "What's he done for the club?" He's like, well, he has got us promoted three times. Like, that was twenty years ago. Why aren't we allowed in? <laughs> All right, then, lads. Well, when does the second half start? I believe it's just started, so I'm going to bounce. Wish me luck. Bound. All the best. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you very if, much. Uh, if that. you pull it around and we're still on, you can join yeah. back. But yeah, I'm sure how long will be. <laughs> Uh, you'll probably never hear from me again. After the- <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, cheers, boys. <laughs> Ciao, adios. Well, there we go. Most entertaining conversation I think I've ever had about West Brom. <laughs> so we got something there. It must be like crap to support a team. Don't don't do <laughs> this. <laughs> no, just because- you will not make us look good by doing this. When you're going to school. Like, well, when you used to go into school, oh, did you see this game? Oh, did you see that? Did you see what happened here? Like, going up to your mates and saying, oh, did you see what happened in the West Brom? He lives there, so assuming most people uh, have been watching the West Brom games also. (laughs) He's also got a promotion every other year, so it's not like... Yeah, at least they're in the press. It's not like the League 2 club. I was, I was going for like... It, this must be such a silver line every time they go down, but well, at least you know we'll be back up again soon. Yeah. Yeah, his, his school year supporting West Brom were probably more fun than mine supporting Arsenal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he does uh, he does hate that, though. He hates that people refer to West Brom as like a yo-yo club. Because like, they were in the league for like eight years in a row. They got greedy and sat poolless. But it just feels like they keep going up and down. Yeah. In, um, in, during lockdown the first time, I had him on and we did an episode um, and we were talking about supporting West Brom and he was saying that there would be some like shit house in the class that would be like a United fan and brag to the other people in the class about supporting West Brom as if he was getting one over on them by not supporting the same team as everyone else. <laughs> and yeah, I did also say about going up and down and he took offence there too. <laughs> but anyway. Put you in your place. From one pay-per-view game to another... Did anyone watch Wolverhampton Wanderers against Crystal Palace on Friday night? Can't say that I did. <laughs> no. I, I think it's awful that. that they have one game on on a Friday and they put it on pay-per-view. Because the other yeah. games are like, they're slotted in the middle. And we used to have Friday games anyway. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. When uh, when I saw the Friday pay-per-view, I thought we normally had a Friday game on TV anyway. So yeah, I did thought that was strange. You had, what's her name? 
Rachel Riley there, and then she made that yeah, yeah. comment laughing at Spurs, and they got rid of her. Yeah, she did not last long, did she? No. Oh yeah, how can yeah. they got rid of her? She 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 made a joke laughing at Spurs after you lost to United, and then Spurs fans just like went in. Jesus. Turns probably... out now she was probably more on the Spurs fan side than. Uh, I was going to say, I thought she'd have been an ally. So there we go. But anyway, Wolves did get the job done against Palace. Won't give this too much of a breakdown. Milojevic got sent off, so the only time you'll see him on the score sheet, other than scoring a penalty. Um, Podent's got a goal, so continued his uh, good start to the season, and. Mike Nuri, their new left-back, also got a goal, so they managed to win without him and his scoring, which has been a criticism recently. But condolences to Roy. We never like to see him lose, do we? We don't. We don't. Exactly, exactly. Then, it looks like Wolves have picked it back up, haven't they, after the start? Yeah. Mm. struggle, but now, obviously, it looks like they're back to, back to being all right. Well, then, lunchtime kickoff. All week, they were giving the big sell on BT, saying we've got a great clash for you Saturday afternoon. Uh, Manchester City against Sheffield. Which never looked a good game to begin with, with Sheffield's form and the way City usually are. I mean, it's probably even worse, because you didn't get at least some nice football from City. And they kept it close enough to give you some kind of hope that maybe Sheffield could do something. So you kept the actual game on, as opposed to switching over to something else. Yeah, exactly. But suck it in, as I did. We need, um, they need Brewster to get a goal quickly. Um, I'm not putting the, the loss at his feet, of course, but you, you know what football fans are like. And if a new striker goes a couple of games without scoring, people do start to turn pretty quickly. Yeah, it's like... You'd say that they need to play like Fulham soon or something like that, but just <laughs> by the fall. <laughs> Cotton Parker's turning it around. They're, they're very strange, aren't they? Because you, you look at City's side and you say with Jesus and Aguero, they've probably got one of the best two punches in the league when it comes to a strike force. If one's injured, you've at least got the other one. Yeah. And then... Is Jesus injured or is he just playing Ferran Torres in like a false nine over the over Jesus? He's injured, isn't he? Yeah, he's not even in the squad, is it? So I'm assuming he is. It makes more sense, but it's it's still strange. You think they had that young lad they put up top for a couple of games because I saw Sean sign him on draft. <laughs> I did. For fuck's sake! <laughs> Thinking he was getting a sneaky pick in there. <laughs> He's just massive, isn't he? I feel bad that I don't know the kid's name. Uh, it's Dalap, isn't it? Yes, it is. Dalap. That's why my brain was probably putting it out of my head. <laughs> the trauma. I to relive it, but <laughs> there wasn't even really any talking points from this City game. There's a nice goal by Carl Walker. Yeah, you do like one of those kind of daisy-cutting fizzers, as I like to call them. Um... He thinks he's got one of those in most games, I think, as well. So it's about time he's got one. Yeah. Two, nil nils on, two one nils on the spin, sorry, for them is a, probably a good sign for a team we thought couldn't defend. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they're set now, isn't it, with Laporte, Diaz, Cancelo. Yeah. 
yeah, it looks like they've got so well, the bad side is that you can't really rely on Laporte for too long. Yeah, if he gets injured, then they're back to back to dodgy again. So, Aaron Ramsdale did look good though, and I've not doubted him, but I've not been as sold as perhaps somewhere that it was just the easy replacement for Dean Henderson. But he did his job certainly to keep them in the game for as long as they did. Mm. I find the Dean Henderson thing so strange. Like, I know that you want to fight to your face at United, but there is no way that you're getting in ahead of the hair. Well, they also the gave him a hundred grand a week uh, sitting on a new contract to stay. No, I, granted, but when you actually say, look, I'll take a new contract, gladly, but I want to go back out on loan this season. Mm. He, probably, oh. he probably thinks, looking at De Gea, that I can get in over this guy. <laughs> it is a strange one, though. And it probably had a really good season, and now you're not playing. Uh, yeah. Ollie said he wanted to keep him, didn't he? So he'll probably uh, sign a new contract. And I think the appeal of being the number one at United probably is a big thing that you can convince yourself you're going to stay. And we've seen a lot of players go out on loan, and it doesn't benefit them too much. So you might think being around, showing what you can do in training, is better than playing each week. I think it's different with the keeper though, isn't it? Because no matter how good you are in training, there is a number one and it stays that way unless something drastically bad happens. Mm. But it has. That's the thing. So he must be he must have thought like De Gea's performances haven't been He's dropped a few clangers, but overall he's been still pretty decent. He's just not been as dominant as we used to see him. But he's getting back towards his best now, which there's always that risk of happening with a keeper that you know is world-class like De Gea. So why would you risk him finding some form and you being out of a team after having a really promising breakthrough season? I think it's it's a good trump card for Oli to have as well because when things do get rough and he is like... He manages to pull something out of the bag every time it does look like it's close to him. That could be a good thing to make it look like, look, make, making some changes. I've still got a few more tricks in me. Yeah. So, mm. I don't know. There wasn't really much. The biggest talking point from the game was Pep's press conference saying that his career at Barcelona is over. That was literally the biggest headline coming out of the game. Saying he wouldn't be going back there. So, there we go. We then had Burnley against Chelsea on... Pay-per-view. Jack, did you uh, pull the trigger? I did, I'm afraid. Oh, oh no. Jesus. Wow. Uh, I, I, he stayed earlier as well. We I, could, I couldn't find a stream that works, and obviously I wasn't going out anywhere because my surgery on my foot, feeling sorry for myself, led on the sofa. So I just thought, fuck it, I'll just pay for it because I can't be asked to keep finding a stream in it. For wow. Now. People might boycott the pod over this. Yeah, that is awful. He's ruined our reputation. Hey, it's the only one I'm going to get. I think. Well, so do you? Do you justify it by like, like I'm not going out, so I'm not spending. Yeah, because I'm not buying two pints or. Yeah, usually, and I'd be like four pints deep, and then God knows what else that leads to. So. Um, We could say that between the Harpers, they've actually paid for now two pay per views. Hmm. Both Chelsea yep. games that have been on pay-per-view have been purchased. Wow. <laughs> They're the reason that it's I, still going on. They're I enablers. Did, I, I didn't purchase the um, Southampton one. 
but I was, I was out walking the dog. Your dad did. <laughs> that's why I said the harpers. Oh shit. Yeah. But anyway, at least you got at least you got a win for it. So played really well as well, and that's the best performance I've seen all season. And it's 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 good to see it all starting to click finally, which is really impressive to watch. Like a difficult place to go, and I know that Burnley are in a bad vein of form, on and off the pitch issues, but we looked really good, which isn't something that I could be able to say like a few weeks ago. Ashley Barnes missed a decent chance early, didn't he? And that was about I it. I thought it was going to be a pen. I can't believe it wasn't. I think the only way they, it's like on FIFA where you take a shot and it goes miles over the bar, but you've pressed B slightly and you've nicked the player and he goes over and the ref gives a pen. I thought it was going to be that. But the only reason what the saving grace I can see really is the fact that it was about five, six rows back. Like it was so high in the air. Then the ref couldn't give it as a pen because the ball had gone, but. Lucky escape. Yeah, it was a lucky escape because I didn't, I wouldn't fancy going like one 0 down to a Burnley team that was set on defence. But well, that's um, five clean sheets now for him, isn't it? Out of six, three. Uh, six. Five, five out of six, which okay. is brilliant. Which I think going back to that Southampton game where we looked home and hose two 0 playing great football, and then. Again, give away stupid goals. And Frank's thought, right, no, no, no more am I having this. I don't care if we don't win, but we're just not conceding against Sevilla and Man United. And then to build that solid foundation at the back, because we look pretty defensively sturdy now. I think building on that foundation is great because you know that we, the attacking flair is there and you can pretty much let them do what they want and there's going to be creativity at the top. I think having a strong foundation now is what was key. It seems to have clicked it. And, Keeping a um, clean sheet against United is no small feat either. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think as well, when you look at like development and where we've come, we lost that fixture 4-0 last year. And I think that still burns deep in Frank's soul a little <laughs> bit first game. Um, two in two for Ziyech. Yeah, he's looking our most creative player, which is great seeing his Pulisic looks like he's made out of paper mache, um, which is what we need on the wing, really. Um, I think it's well the different passing angles that I've noticed for Chelsea with having Ziyech and Havertz in the team, two left-footers, and then either Werner and Pulisic or Werner and Abraham being right-footers. It opens up so many other passing corridors that right foot players wouldn't be able to make. It just adds a lot of diversity and balance to the front line. I think we create a lot of chances because usually when you play with two right-footed wingers on both sides, one's going to go around the outside of you and one's going to cut in. You know what's going to happen. Um, but having two wingers with good with both feet is brilliant. It unlocks a lot of doors. Those are the games we struggled in last season. In this, se- in this year, I just played around them and it was really good, really entertaining to watch. And actually looking forward to the next game, which after the Southampton game, I wasn't. <laughs> if, everyone, if, everyone's, if everyone's fit, who's, who misses out for you in terms of the front, like the front I mean, four? Miss, I, I think in, in an ideal world, he'd want a front three of Werner, Pulisic and Ziyech. And then we definitely look stronger in a 4-3-3 than a 4-2-3-1. Um, 
with the two what they call pivots. I don't have two two DMs as I like to call it myself as a purist. Um, two DMs, Jack. Yeah, two DMs. <laughs> but I think Kante holding, covering the back four with two attacking mids, creating opportunities for the front three to work work in. I think that works a lot better than having the front three deeper than playing a 10. It's almost like playing with two eights is better than playing with a 10. And I think that's what we saw in a weekend with Mason Mount and Havertz doing those roles brilliantly. Again, coming back to what I was saying about having a left footer and a right footer in those two eight roles, again, just opens up the pitch to so many different options. Um, when In a game where Ziyech and Werner scored, you managed to bring the plaudits round to Mason Mount. A Southgate that's called in the trade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he ran the midfield, which was great. He was putting really intelligent balls through, work rate in, evolving from what he likes to be as a number 10 to a number 8, where he is tracking back. He is making those challenges. He's winning the ball and then driving with it. I think that's, again, really exciting to see. And Havertz as well. You know, on the other on the other side, I thought they were both brilliant in that role. Um, we definitely look more assured with three in midfield because against Krasnodar, Krasnodar, whatever yeah. it is, uh, we played in the week, we were overrun with a Jorginho Kovacic pivot in a 4-2-3-1 system and it just looked completely unbalanced where... I think they'd struggle in the Europa. What, Jorginho and Kovacic? No, Krasnodar. They're I... not Europa League level. <laughs> I don't know. At the end of the day, people were really complaining that game. And again, you go away to Russia, playing in front of fans for the first time since March, all the opposition fans as well. And with two games either side of that, and you come over the 4 0 with missing a penalty as well, I think you're going to be happy. And I think the evolution from the Southampton game is massive. I think we look like a strong team that's hard to beat now, which. Again, at the start of the season, I would have laughed at you if you said that we're going to be a hard team to beat because we just gave away goals for fun. At the start of the season? After you spent £200 million. With our defensive troubles, it doesn't matter how much we spent at the top. Come on, look... Thiago Silva. But again, Thiago Silva was another massive plus, plus point. I was kind of worried about how he was going to fare in the Premier League at, what, 36, 36 37? Um, but he just looks assured. He looks brilliant. He's bringing the best out of him as well, which he's still you, taking him, but he's, he's looking more and more solid each time. Are you as sold on Tammy as Frank is? Or do you I think mean, Giroud makes you tick more if you, have to, if you have to pick Tammy or Giroud? I think at the end of the day, with Giroud, you're looking for the future. Giroud's brilliant at what he does. There's a reason why he starts. Is Tammy the future either, though? I think as a backup or as a rotational striker, definitely. He's something a bit different. He's got to play him until Villa come in with a big bid. Yeah, all that. But (laughs) we've gone through so many seasons of having poor backup strikers. Like with Michy Bashawai. I don't think there's a transfer we've done that I wanted to Hey, Giroud was backup last year and he saved the season. Well, he ended up being a starter. But again, you had those two as backups and I think Tammy does bring something to the team he's good at putting his body around he's good at linking up the plays 
he's learning from Giroud. I just, he has more legs than Giroud as well, which is the issue that Giroud has when you play in the way that we want to play with fast builder. Doesn't have them silky feet that Giroud has. No, he doesn't. And I don't think many people do really for how tall he is. He holds up the ball brilliantly as well, Giroud. And I'm a big fan. But I think Tammy is probably the future as a rotational striker. And again, it shows that Werner and Tammy can play in the same team as well, which is, is useful. Because, like I said, Prosic does look like he's fragile. So if there's ever a case of, well, we need Werner to play on the left wing, he can do that. Well, speaking of fragile, it was a uh, soft penalty, or the maybe fragile Mo Salah going down in the 42nd minute, equalising at West Ham before Liverpool <laughs> went on to get the W. Seamless. Nice segue there. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get this because it's a penalty. If any, if that happens to Please anyone... Let me do my intro, sheesh. <laughs> if, if that happens to anyone else, we'll be screaming for it. So, hey, I said earlier it's a penalty, but it's... Uh, He's 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 left a lot to. I don't think he can complain with the criticism he's well well said. Uh, eighty eighty four minutes, TK. Are you resigned to to a draw? Uh, I was a little a little bit concerned because uh, West Ham were very well organised, and it was basically just, you know two banks of four can break us down. Um, we, we were getting some space as it went on, but you wondered if time was against us. And uh, if Salah doesn't throw himself to the debt like he does, I don't know if we do get the breakthrough. But uh, to be fair, I, I felt kind of bad for West Ham for that. And then I thought back to a couple of weeks ago, that conversation, Steve and Jack had, and I realised <laughs> that's, that's football. So <laughs> the words, that's football, really stuck in my mind. I thought, yeah, feel for you, lads, but that's football. <laughs> Big difference having Haller leading the line to Antonio as yeah, yeah, I thought I thought we were fortunate in that regard because I thought Gomez was a little shaky again, and then Matt Phillips came in and did well, but it was mainly winning things in the air. Yeah, if you had someone running at him, I would be a little bit Even, more concerned. Um, later in the game, it probably pushes you back another five yards just to yeah. get in on the pitch. For what it's worth, I didn't think Haller was bad either. I thought he kind of did his job okay in terms of um, some of his hold up playing, bringing others in. He just got dominated in the air by that Phillips, which. Isn't great when he's uh, making his debut. You should probably a big man like Haller should probably put himself about a bit more. Yeah, Antonio at the bare minimum is going to be a nuisance. Oh, he would. Yeah, he would have bullied those two. I think. You know, and then I guess the main talking point coming away from the game was that Jurgen Klopp, for the first time in God knows how long, has a selection crisis for the front three that isn't caused by injury. In that, every time Jota comes in. Really pushing Firmino as to whether he should be inserted into it, or whether it's a system change that needs to happen. Yeah, most definitely. Um, in, in terms of form, he, he should be, shouldn't he? It's, it's tricky thing being when he has come on, it has been, as you said, a system change. So we've tended to go more sort of, uh, you know, someone playing just behind the front man. Manish shifts out to the right, and they put Jota on the left. So it's not like he's gone like for like with Firmino. Um, whether it's worth changing up from the start of the game maybe we're a lot more threatening by then but is that just a case of later in the game and spaces open up I'm not sure I mean, Shakiri's also got to be at least putting a question in 
Klopp's mind in when you look at, and I'm not sure they're the exact same position, but he's been swapped for Jones a couple of times and he's looked like the kind of player that he is when he's come on. He's not looked like he's kind of sulky and I've got 10 minutes to do something here. No. He's looked no. far more like grabbing the ball by the horns this season. Well, to, to be fair, throughout his time at Liverpool, he's always done that. We just haven't really given him enough opportunities, I think. Uh, he's definitely probably a chief beneficiary of uh, the system change because if he, essentially he wants to play, you know, a turn of free roll, doesn't he? Really, yeah. Um, and he and he's been able to do that in that system where he can be the one just behind the striker, uh, and you know, two two sort of game changing assists in two games he's played. So, I, I think if you're going to do that as well, in a in a way, with the form Firmino's in. He's a better option to have. If you were to have, say, Salah through the middle with Jota on one side and Mane down the other, if you were to have someone playing behind him, Shakir is probably a better option at the minute in terms of the creativity he brings. Yeah, that's <laughs> really nice. Yeah, exactly. And I'm always amazed because the commentators seem like shocked. It's like, he has got that in him. You know, whatever else you might think of him, he is, he is that sort of player. The other he, thing with Shatbian, he probably hasn't got full night in him, has he? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you see it a lot with this kind of thing said, but if, say, De Bruyne had played that pass. Yeah, you're right. Especially as he did... he did crikey, you wouldn't want to be on Twitter. <laughs> nah. Especially as he did a, a similar one in midweek as well, so... Showing it was no fluke. How are you feeling about Liverpool? Because it seemed last season... Up until you won the league, I know there was a bit of a stutter afterwards, but I imagine whether you said it or not, you must have gone into games almost expecting the win and maybe just have a bit of concern as the game was going on. But it does seem with Liverpool and Man City this season that it is worth watching the games because anything really could happen. Yeah, yeah, we're not convincing, are we? Um... I, yeah, I, you don't go in fully confident. You, you go into, you kind of go into the games thinking you want us to score first, and you worry if we concede when we could open up. I thought West Ham almost played it right in terms of got the goal and then sat back, but I thought there were opportunities to kind of get at us a bit more. I think a bit more bravery, and, and then maybe they could have had us uh, with Gomez and an inexperienced centre half next to him. I think if you can get an early goal, you can rattle us. And it seemed to me maybe they kind of, I don't know if they got nervous or what, but no, I, I can see West Ham going to, going to Liverpool. You can see why you'd sit back. But I think another team might be a little bit less forgiven. Do we have a timeline for when Ox is going to be back? I don't think we ever have a timeline for when Ox is going to be back. Because <laughs> he's missed 12 games now. Yeah, no, it, it is a concern, isn't it? Um, and it, you think he can do... More kind of similar to what Shakiri does, but he can also play deeper in the midfield, which is the reason that Shaq isn't coming on because he's not going to sit at the base of the midfield, is he? So, yeah, that's it. you can do that, and he's still going to bring some uh, more creativity. He can kind of be what Lalana was, I suppose, towards the end of his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some creativity. He's athletic, but he can kind of be a bit more responsible as well than say someone like Shakiri, for example. Although. Klopp doesn't usually trust him in a big game. These kind of games against West Ham, he'd probably be more than happy to have him in a three. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> most definitely. What's the, what's the latest? Because obviously only from seeing clips and games here and there. 
uh, from like Trent's point of view, is, is Trent's form like a worry or concern, or is it just like, is it just he's not getting fantasy points or he's not scoring? But uh, yeah, he's not been great for the fantasy, has he? Because well, we haven't kept <laughs> clean sheets. We haven't kept clean sheets, so that's out the window. Yeah, yeah. Great <laughs> shot. Um, maybe that was the kiss of death. Um, yeah, less so, but then midweek in the Champions League, he was comfortably our best player. So yeah. he's um, he's still kind of doing his thing, I think. It's just with we've, our form in general. You can't say it's been bad form, it's the top of the league, but just been a little patchier than we normally would. I will say, we've spoken about Liverpool fans can be rough before. Actually seems to be worse since winning the league, which I thought maybe it would cool off, but it does seem... <laughs> In what sense? What's been the, what's the example? Um, well, it seems more... Yeah, I think it was arrogant before. Would you say it a sense of entitlement? It does seem that way. Yeah, no, he hasn't had a haircut since he last was. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know what it is this season. I, I found myself rooting for you a bit last season, and then towards the end, it, it veered off. This season, I'm not going to be on Harper or uh, Steve's level, but I could see me taking a bit more joy than usual if we do uh, drop points. <laughs> I think we will, so it's good news for you in that <laughs> sense. Uh, I can see what you mean. I, from the limited bit I see, I don't. I try not to follow too many fans. A little bit easy, I would say it was still worse prior to it, but I do somewhat agree with you. Amongst some sections of fans, the sense of entitlement is pretty bizarre. Bear in mind, anyone sort of our age has generally seen us be wanked for most of their life. Well, but so even I don't the, quite the know where you get the sense of entitlement from. During Arsenal United, it was in the time that we've become poor, Liverpool were poor at the same time as when we were better. So it's not that far back to think. No, we were, we were, you know, we were those two teams and probably worse. So I wouldn't, um, yeah, we wouldn't get too far ahead of themselves if I was them. But then at the same time, <laughs> got to enjoy again, it when it's there. Yeah, and we were getting plenty of shit when we were shit. So I guess it's kind of quid pro quo, isn't it? We. We went from kind of a, a 2-1 game there and then we had goals galore in Villa, Southampton, although much of it was left late. Where Very late. Ward-Prowse put on a free kick clinic. Um, first thing I'll see, on much of the day, Kieran said that he's closing in on Beckham. There's still 10 free kicks between them. To, That's pretty mad, Ward-Prowse, Beckham tops the charts with 18 goals directly from free kicks in the Premier League. Um, and War Paris just scored his eighth. What do you make your England squad? Well, I thought that as much as his defensive ability, we had we were putting Trippier in the team because of his free kicks as much so. And Ward Prowse might make an argument to be in that midfield, which as much as it's stacked with competition, it's not stacked with great competition. So he could force his way in solely on his set piece ability. And he is a player when I watch, when I do watch bits of Southampton, I can't claim I watch huge amounts of but when I do, I am always think I do always think, yeah, he is quite good. I probably do overlook him a little bit. I remember in the last couple of games of Unai Emery at Arsenal, where I was going in thinking, please lose, just get this over with. <laughs> and the way play you talk about Emery era as if you're like getting relegated to the championship. 
Nay, we could have if some of these teams weren't just that little bit worse. But <laughs> we went there and Southampton played us off the park. Somehow we scored too late, I think it was, to equalise. But Ward Prowse ran the show that day and he was insane. And every time I've seen him on the, uh, up close, he, I've maybe been harsh saying that he's going to be unjust on his set piece ability. But when you think of the kind of players that he's going to be in a similar boat to, it's going to be your mounts and that kind of thing. That could be enough to get you over the edge and into that side. It's a serious weapon to have, isn't it? When you consider as well, a lot of our success has been built off set pieces. <laughs> Him on free kicks, Kane on pens, we can't go wrong. Especially if, you know, Trent's off and on a misanier, but if he's having a bad day, it can be pretty bad. Well, he, he said that after he scored the first free kick, I think he said it was um, Romeo tried taking the second off him and he yeah. out a word and say, no, hang on, I'll put my foot down here. I'm having that, this one, I'm feeling That's good. some front, that, isn't it? I mean, taking it <laughs> off him anyway, but when he's just ping one in, I'll, I'll have this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... That was uh, cheeky. Oh, no, when like Sherry was trying to take it back and trying to close it out. It's 40 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is second. They they do look really good though, Southampton, and I don't know if it's they go to sleep late in the late in the game here because Spurs did this a couple of times. Obviously, it went wrong against West Ham, but last season they would look comfortable. And then suddenly, in the last two minutes, if they were three nil up, they concede two. If they were two one up, they concede one. And I don't really know what happened here because it didn't look like Villa turned up the intensity. It, it was just, very, very late as well. It did look like they switched off a little bit. Yeah, they scored one in the sixty-second minute with Mings, and then it was ninety-third and ninety-seventh minute. Yeah, exactly. And then so he the after the game thing. that there wasn't enough stoppage time added on. Yeah, didn't Dean Smith say they wanted 12 minutes or something? Like, he said they should have four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Villa are in trouble. I might put a bet on them to go down. Sheesh. Well, we said about me with Trent, I put four Villa players in his fantasy team <laughs> in the draft, <laughs> and he's been down here ever since. I do love seeing your transactions. <laughs> so good. See how they pan out. Well, put, they, they have the best defensive record in the league, so I've I stacked up with Emmy Martinez and Mings <laughs> and then they've been getting me minus points <laughs> because not only are they conceding they're getting booked as well <laughs> so, and Southampton do just look very good they do they do they're uh, I saw someone say they're, they're getting thrown uh, could they be the Leicester title that changes hands every week <laughs> Well, Connor said last week that Hassan Hoot will be one of the only Prem managers he'd take to replace Oli. So there we go. That's we have talked about looking a lot kinder now. Huh? That three-all draw is looking a lot kinder now. Fuck's sake! I'm still not sure about that. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah, same with the one against stick. West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> we have always talked to Hassan Hoot up on the pod. We've been, uh, we've championed him really. Who was it before? I'm sure you were sad about someone being sacked from Southampton before. Or you at least went out to bat for someone. Nigel Atkins? Oh, Christ. I mean, they've had enough managers for me to say. Maybe it was... Uh, People did go out to bat for him, 
people went out to bat for him before they got To be off. fair, yeah, he had done absolutely nothing wrong. And everyone was like, Who's this, this Pochettino fella? What's he done? He doesn't even speak English. And then, okay, he's quite good. <laughs> the really thing's been harder than Chris Heaton. That made no sense. Then give Pardew a 10 year deal. <laughs> oh, right, from uh, Brighton. Sorry, yeah. I thought you mentioned it. He's had a tough time, though. He had the Newcastle one as well, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's a good segue there, CK. So, on to the Newcastle game. Oh, um, we're pros. If Kane's getting set pieces, Callum Wilson certainly is because I think 70% of his Newcastle goals have been penalties. And Everton's title charge has collapsed in the space of two weeks. Thoughts with Cam at this difficult time? Well, we've heard that he was that convinced they were going to challenge for the title that he left their Greek chat after they lost their first game. He's not been back since. <laughs> I did text him a picture yesterday of um, Tony Hibbert holding up a trophy of uh, we were top of the league for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that they're still above us. They're still only a couple of points off it, aren't they? It's not all, uh, yeah, not all demon it green. wasn't a pleasant game, was it? I think you can just kind of rinse and repeat with Newcastle with that, can't yeah. you? <laughs> Essentially, keep it tight and then Rather than just have to rely on some maximum, you do have Fraser in there, Wilson in there, Hendrick, uh, Almiron. So you've got a couple more match winners in there now. They relied on Jacob Murphy the week before. Blimey. Well, I think they should stick with Darlow because Dubravka, as I've said, one of the worst Prem keepers I've ever seen. Yeah, he's you about to big misses. I was, well, I was going to say, well, I was going to kind of touch on Everton. I think Everton have just, it's clear that Everton have obviously got a strong first 11, but then once there's injuries and suspensions are took them, then that's just decimated them. Yeah, I think they'll still, Dina, be right. I think still be in the race to the top six, but they need their guys back. Alan Gomez and Sigurdsson was with Delph in there as well, was one of the slowest midfields I've ever seen. And I lived through the end of Arteta in Flamini. <laughs> I saw someone say Sigurdsson seems to be like a bit of a hex for him. Like he's a really good player, but when he, when he starts, they just seem to struggle. Well, what did you make of Ancelotti dropping Pickford, but not really dropping him by saying, well, look, I'm going to have him back for the next game. So it does nothing for Robin Olsen and it does nothing for Pickford. Odd decision, just... wasn't it? This is what it can be like sat on the bench. But then you don't need to say that. So it's essentially you rested him. Yeah. Was... I think it, I think he's probably showing there that he will give the other keeper minutes if you keep making mistakes. And the more minutes he gets, the more chances he gets to shine. And you could lose your place from that. I get that. But do you say that? Because it kind of takes some of this thing away when it's... Don't be too down hearted. You're going to be back next week. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Once you say he's going to be back in next game, it's... Is that like a lesson and he learned? said it before the game, not even after. You'd be, surpri- you'd be surprised, though, that with a keeper, the mentality, because you're so used to playing every game, as soon as you don't, sometimes it can completely change. Might sort of it's, shake him up a bit. Exactly. It's it's not like a midfielder where you're, you play the next game, mate. It is literally when you see someone else... You could be out for a couple of years. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Look at Joe Hart. Like, he yeah, was, yeah. Like, <laughs> that that was just harsh by tech. Yeah, number one. Pep's killed us. 
Patching this struggles. Um, and then now he hasn't been able to play a game. Now he's a third choice keeper at Spurs. <laughs> the struggles pictured Mustav around Christmas trying to reach the bottle of like a Pringles tube. For fuck's sake. Or the top of the <laughs> Tiny little arms. <laughs> Can't reach the bottom. I just wonder if it might backfire. He doesn't look like, I, I don't know, like damaging his confidence, particularly for a keeper is going to be a tricky one, isn't it? Like, for, exa- for example, if Klopp had dropped Firmino for a game, I think it probably would be a message to him to say, well, look, you know, you you can be dropped. It's, because I think it's probably, even in the back of his mind, must get to the point where he thinks, well, look, I can kind of play as bad as I want and I'll still get picked. <laughs> Whereas Pickford, I don't know if it's like that. I feel like he's just, his confidence is struggling already as it is, so is taking him out going to help with that? I'm not sure. Judging by that City documentary, I can't imagine Delft's going to have been too pleasant on Pickford after some of these mistakes. Because <laughs> he was yeah. giving it the big one to players like De Bruyne. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind the balls of that. So, I mean, yeah. But even in a poor loss, GCL still gets on the team still gets on the score sheet sharp movement for that goal as well he's, he's so needed at Arsenal centre of that front line yeah, yeah. particularly about 50 Alvarez, million right? to get him the way English players cost but and he's yeah, an Arsenal, he was an Arsenal fan as a kid as well I didn't know that yeah he, there's, there's an interview he did him, um, saying his dreams to Leave the line for Arsenal one day. Holly Wilson said the same. Not yeah, after him in the same bracket. <laughs> um, if we go on to the next game, then so Manchester United against Arsenal, the last great rivalry in English football. Blimey! Uh, the uh, the montage that was on match today was like a good. Uh... I'm not sure what the word is, whether an analogy or, or fitting for it. was like a throwback to what life used to be like. Yeah. <laughs> they, did like they did it on Sky as well, um, where Keane, after all these years, blamed Gary Neville for the tunnel incident by saying it was <laughs> Gary's fault. He was getting bullied in the tunnel. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, Keane. It, it looked like it wasn't, it wasn't pretty from us. And I said to my uncle when I saw the team sheet, I said, if this goes wrong, he's going to get absolutely battered here. Yeah. When you looked at it, because Xhaka, for all of his uh, wrongdoings, our record without him is very poor. Party had a, he's had a rough start to play the league he played against uh, had that game against Leicester. He had the game against uh, City and then going away to Old Trafford where our record there, last time we won, Old Trafford, Fabregas, Gilberto Silva and Alibi all were playing. Blimey. And then uh, the masterclass comes off. Wasn't pretty, but I don't think you can say it was anything other than what was clearly trying to be done. Well, we said this with some of the FA Cup games that we snuck through. Yes, think... it was ugly, but it was clearly the plan. It wasn't like we were defending for our lives and hoping no. for the best. I don't know. I, he def- he definitely don't worked... know. 
you definitely weren't defending for your life and hoping, hoping for the best. No, he created some good opportunities. But if Paul Pogba doesn't give away a really rash penalty that didn't need to be given away, that's a nil-nil game. And you and Man United... No, we put a bit more pressure on if uh, that's the case. As El Nenny said, we knew we were going to win that game. It was just how we were going to win it. <laughs> I think Man United, I think it's more a case of they're just poor. Like, they're really poor. I don't get how they're making light work of a Champions League group, gate, uh, group stage with PSG and Leipzig in. Um, well, I think it shows the levels. <laughs> Look, we had Alex on here and he was saying about when Spurs battered United and all the talk was about how bad United was, put some respect on Arteta's name. Masterclass again. Would you uh, would you call Arteta just a suave George Graham? No, but I have seen the comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it while I saw him putting Mustafi on late. I thought, oh, this could actually be George he Graham. Certainly, he certainly is suave, and that was bold, putting Mustafi on when you're trying to keep holding <laughs> yeah. the lead. This was almost got a, a defensive move, like, is it? Tony Pulis. <laughs> Tierney great game Gabriel yeah, how Alex tried putting any dirt on his name last week best centre back in the league he did he have a very good game yesterday Van Dijk is iced so he's not in the he's not in the conversation at the moment <laughs> so we'll, we'll have that conversation when he gets back because <laughs> that conversation <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure Van Dijk wants this smoke at the moment and <laughs> But yesterday, if a team comes in for Gabriel now, quadruple the price tag that we bought him for. Yeah, it certainly looks a good pickup. Twenty-two million pounds, and he's twenty-two years old. And bearing he's in mind, alongside Rob Holding. Bearing in mind, five of the big six were looking for a starting centre half. That is, yeah. few people are going to be looking at the scouting department. I think. Hey, well, apparently United uh, went in for him and he knew, he knew where he needed to go. And he, he played 70 minutes on a booking as well. Probably fortunate not to get a second one That's as well. To say. I'm <laughs> not having this. I'm not having that. Just because you commit a tackle when you're on a booking doesn't mean that's a red card. No, but when you have two yellow card offences, two plus, one plus one equals two. That's pretty uh, basic. My team was weird with the cards yesterday. Because... Yeah, he was... Inconsistent to say the least. What are you going to say, Jack? I was about to say it's coming from the same guy that cried about the Jorginho and should have been sent off against. Well, yeah. yes, because that wasn't two bookable offences, was it? There was yeah. nine. There wasn't nine. There was nine. There was not nine. And let's not put them in the same bracket. Gabriel. I think we're looking at a generational talent. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing alongside Rob Holding. Hey, look, yesterday, the, the cynical fouls were on point. That one was one where Gabriel has to make the challenge and hope that Mike Dean's in a good mood. And after yeah. he's given us a penalty at Old Trafford, he clearly was. I mean, that was a, a soft pen as well. We're talking about soft pens. I, I know it's stupid I, from I was Pogba. weird when he went down because he didn't go down heavy. Like, it was obviously a foul. But the way he didn't slam to the floor, did he? It kind of 
He kind no, of got I... knocked over rather than rolled over. But as we said, with a lot of Salahs last season, you in particular, what the hell is Pogba doing? Yeah, no, he's, he deserved it for the sh- sheer stupidity of it. You know, I'm sure Bellerin probably could have stayed up, but why would you when he's giving you a gift like that? Just, yeah, ridiculous decision. I, I think as well, there's been like a lot of talk at the moment with the Harry Kane pen, I guess we'll come on to. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we will. And um, like the Salah pen, this pen. If the other This team... is not in the same bracket as those two. Uh, no. I, um... I, I think it's not far off the Salah one. The Salah one is softer. I, didn't, well, I well, actually didn't think the form was a pen. Well, but it's, I don't think it's a million mark. I think if this didn't get given, I wouldn't be going mad. I, I think it should have been, but I wouldn't be going crazy. I don't, I don't know, because if the same team in the same game do the same thing to you, you're they're screaming for it just as much as you're screaming for it. So it's just part of the game. If you get kicked in the box, you go down now. And that's that's just the way football is now. People say, oh, they con in the ref. That's what VAR's for. Go check it. Well, we've had our conversations about VAR. Mm. How good was Thomas Party yesterday? Yeah. Unreal. Very, very good. Yeah, it was impressive. And I think as well to make that midfield of United's look that bad. I mean, they are pretty bad in general, but he made them look worse, which is... Well, their whole thing is that they rely on the transitions, United, and they, they, they win it, and then the speed at which they break. And, and there was the, the one where, I'm not sure who it was that played the pass, they played a peach for a pass through to um, Greenwood at the back post, which was the only chance United it was had in the first half. Yeah, so it was a peach for a ball. Yeah. But we, we didn't allow them to transition, either... Party was doing what you're taught as a kid that doesn't quite work in uh, reality, where it's if you lose it, go and get it back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Every time he did lose it, within about five, six seconds, he had won it back. And then mm-hmm. El Neni, that the way he was pressing so in the 91st minute was insane. I don't know what he had at half-time, some of Michael Jordan's <laughs> stuff from Space Jam, because <laughs> that was inhuman, the way he was getting about there. United did look like they had no clue what to do with it. I was like, me at house rugby, don't give me the ball here. I don't want to. <laughs> it was the definition running it out of play. It was the definition of get up them. They don't want it because mm. as soon as you put any kind of pressure on them, they're trying to play out from the back, and they look like schoolboys. They looked like they had no idea what they were doing with the ball at the back. So I don't know why they carried on with it. I don't get why you just wouldn't. Put Pogba in a more central role and just play long ball for Pogba critique sometimes is lazy, where Ursel had the same, and sometimes it was lazy with him. Where if Arsenal have a bad game, if United have a bad game, then he's the first person that is going to be looked at. So he does almost have an obligation to play a bit better so that doesn't happen. But yesterday, mm-hmm. He had the most fouls committed on the pitch. He lost the ball more times than anyone else. He had um, the fewest tackles in the United midfield on the Arsenal midfield. It was like, what are you doing on the pitch? And it's all well and good playing the diamond, which Ollie went for. And it worked perfectly against Leipzig. But that, as we've said, is it, like when you, you play football manager or you play FIFA. Just because it works against one person doesn't mean it's going to work against the other. And wow. Arsenal playing such a, a wide team, we play five at the back, 
and then we have two in the midfield and we play wide forwards. He's played the most narrow formation that he could possibly have. <laughs> makes zero sense at all. And I know Roy Keane said after the game, look, these players are going to get Ollie sacked, and they will. It's going to come at some point. Mm. But Ollie has to help himself, and he didn't help himself with that. And then even the changes he made. I don't think there was an Arsenal fan out there that was complaining or that was unhappy that Bruno Fernandes got taken off and McTominay stayed on the pitch. Yeah, and, and he took, he took Greenwood, Greenwood off as well, well, didn't it? Yeah, for Cavani. Just after Greenwood had just spun Gabriel and then been brought down. Yeah, insane. You've got two and Zebi who put on a clinic against PSG and then can't get in a United back line, which isn't like it's keeping clean sheets for fun. <laughs> it, it's really strange. Is, like, it's so strange. You've got to do yourself a favour, like you said, aren't you? <laughs> and you're, you're right to point out Diamond, because if you're playing the Diamond with mobile players, then it kind of works. But you well, have it worked to, against but... Leipzig perfectly. They did look very good. I think it's... Yeah, they did. And then, if you're going to play that in the Premier League, you need energetic fullbacks. You've got one now and one Bissaka that's good defensively, isn't that great going forward? And then Luke Shaw, that is okay everywhere, but not great at anything either. So you're not generating any width there whatsoever. You're banking on, like you said, playing through the transitions, trying to bypass your midfield and having like three attackers running at pace, running at different different angles. I was but... quite good that Pepe didn't play because he, he scored a great goal in midweek against Dundalk, admittedly. <laughs> but... When he when he played United last year, it was um, Arteta's first home game. He's on New Year's Day, and as I said, he had Luke Shaw on the touchline asking for chocolate milk and a flapjack. <laughs> it was nuts. He was spinning him. He was spinning him all game. He needed his sugar fix. And he that was... tells me he's tried that combo. That's an odd thing to suggest, otherwise. <laughs> I don't. I don't like chocolate, chocolate milk and a flapjack. Like chocolate milk and a flapjack. <laughs> And I can't imagine him was, asking for it. And he was god-awful. So I don't really know why he it's, didn't go for Pepe there. What's your opinion on William now, then? Well, look, William is what William is. I, he I did a great say, cynical foul early on. Yeah, he did. And I, I think Jack's mistaken that if William doesn't drop a 9 out of 10 every week, then he says, see what I meant about William. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that he's not dropping a 9 out of 10 every week. It's exactly what I told you would happen, which is where he'd have a good game against like a Fulham. And then... Usually he loves playing United. But mm. what I'm saying is that he would have a good game and you see glimpses of, right, kick on from this. And then he'll go and be mediocre for six games. And then it's just that frustration that you know that there's a brilliant player in there, but you just hardly see it. He, he he was irritating me yesterday, mainly because other than Pogba, he'd lost the ball more times than anyone else. He lost mm. it six times in the first half. So he was like, come on, help us out a bit here. But then I thought he should have had the penalty. Aubameyang scores the penalty, but he's not a convincing penalty taker. It's just the case of, well, you're the striker, you have the penalty. Mm. And it seemed to be the compromise when... 
him and Lacazette were both going to be the first two names on the team sheet for what they were supposed to bring rather than what Lacazette does bring. And we'll get on to him. <laughs> the compromise seemed to be, I'll go on the wing, but I'll have the penalties, was what it seems was said behind the scenes. Lacazette on the wing is a terrifying thought. Because... <laughs> <laughs> The pig. The chocolate milk and flapjack Luke Shaw didn't have. Lacazette <laughs> must have been tucking down. <laughs> People were giving him a pat on the back saying, no, that, that chance the airballed was the defender touched it. <laughs> You're not letting him off for that. Because it, it's not like the defender's touched it and so it spun it when he's connected. He still missed the entire football. <laughs> And he leant back so much that he was going over the bar regardless. It's legitimately like playing with one less player on the pitch. Blimey. If he slides, he's not getting back up without help. (laughs) Because it's going to take two players to pull him back up. (laughs) (laughs) I said to you, I can say with complete confidence, he probably had a bigger takeaway than me the night before the game. And I had a peek from two sides. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't actually get the name of who was doing that kebabathon, because that would explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I saw someone say they're surprised he can get back up after he takes a knee. <laughs> this poor I'm bloke. If, if we could pay money and hand over Lacazette for Giroud back, I'd take it. Bloody hell. Hashtag because he is, he's essentially in the team for being Aubameyang's mate. Yeah, there's a little bit like that, isn't it? <laughs> he, he's lucky that his uh, main opposition is a midget in Enketia. I was going to say, I think he's probably, yeah, that's probably the main bit of fortune he's got is that Enketia doesn't quite look up to it, does he? Because Martinelli's back soon. Oh, that's worrying. And if if it doesn't, if it isn't Aubameyang going back in the middle, then it's Martinelli in the middle. And if Aubameyang does go in the middle, then it's going to be Martinelli out left. And I'll be very shocked if it isn't, because I mean, surely Arteta isn't looking at Lacazette, and despite what he's saying post game. Like I'm really pleased with him, the effort he's putting in. I saw that um, GFFN account, the French football news thing, saying, what you need to understand is Lacazette is playing as a pressing forward. And so he's still getting into positions, but he's just so tired when he gets there that that's maybe why he's not able to make the chances count. If your forward is that knackered that he can't strike the ball when he gets there, <laughs> the issue is probably the striker. It's probably not his gig. It's mental. It's a good thing that them players are in uh, the stands. Because if you're sat on the touchline next to him in them seats, he's definitely creeping onto yours. (laughs) And if you're sat there for 90 minutes, it's going to be a nightmare. You stop body shaming this poor man. I've, I've never seen anything like it in a pro footballer. He's not even that big compared <laughs> to like some. Have you seen him run? Literally look at Luke Shaw. Never any figure than him. <laughs> Luke Shaw, is, if that's your comparison, Luke Shaw 
<laughs> probably as Jackson. He's on Xbox Live with him. Saying, "What have you got? <laughs> Philly of fish? Yeah. I've got twenty nuggets of Big Mac, a double cheeseburger, <laughs> return of the nuggets as well, <laughs> and a Bamiang is going to get me a McFlurry for after." <laughs> Honestly, the way he plays. It's bad when Willian is playing as a false nine ahead of you. <laughs> and then he left Willian on and brought Lacazette on as a central midfielder. <laughs> Christ. But hey, we got to win against United, so... Imagine a stick he would have got if you hadn't won. Bloody hell. Oh, he, getting, for a he, he really was the... I was shouting at him after I was shouting at him at full time because he moved <laughs> quicker getting on the pitch after. The only thing he runs is to hijack a celebration. <laughs> Do you remember when um, Martinelli's goal in the win at Sanford Bridge last season? Lacazette. Sure Jack does. You get Lacazette. I'm not even the fastest he moves is to get his arms folded next to Martinelli in a celebration. <laughs> And he did it yesterday when like when Aubameyang's doing his dance to make Old Trafford his dance floor. Like I said, somehow sneaking in there. I don't understand it. <laughs> Insane. Harry Maguire. Connor said, look, he wasn't that bad yesterday. He wasn't that good, was he? Late in the game when they're chasing it. Why he thinks he's suddenly a ball player midfielder taking it out? Well, mind you, he's McTominay next to him, I know, but. <laughs> McSauce. The, the most I was outraged all game was when Gabriel puts in that challenge on Matic in the box, takes the ball as cleanly as you possibly can. Oh, God, can. yeah. Matic was still moaning <laughs> two minutes later. I was thinking, what does he think he's going to get here? Some United fan has slowed it down on Twitter, saying the height of Gabriel's studs are up to Matic's knee and he takes the man before the ball. They're that bemused when they don't get a penalty in a game. They're slow-moing it down, looking for the moments where they might have. They're malfunctioning, they can't work out or the pen hasn't been given. I don't even know what Matic was trying to say. No, I I He was pointing to his ears like, have you heard the contact there? I thought I must have missed something when he was kept going at him. There you go. How impressed were you, Jack, with the masterclass? Did it take you back to early Mourinho? I just think it was a poor game. Um, poor game? Yeah. As a purist as well. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't... It would have been a drab nil-nil if you hadn't got a penalty. And that was the difference between your game and our game, which was also a very drab game at Old Trafford last week. We no, we had, we had some intensity. You the the United-Chelsea game was like that game in the Euros a couple of years back where they realised that both teams had to draw to go through. <laughs> and they just, they just chilled for the last 20. <laughs> United and Chelsea did that for 90 minutes. I, I think there's still a long way for Arsenal to go before I would get my hopes up. I think a United team that haven't won at home this year, this calendar year. Is that Let's right? rephrase that stat. 
Arsenal have won more at Old Trafford this season than United have. <laughs> yeah. That's so that's, yeah. That's We've bad. got Chelsea on Boxing Day. That is going to be a lovely Christmas present. I've, I've looked at our, the lineup and it is ridiculous. Over, like, I think it's 10 days over Christmas, we have Arsenal, Leicester, City, and Wolves. Which is. That's mental as well because you told us Chelsea had the. Hardest possible start to the season they could have had. <laughs> They've got the hardest middle, I'm the hardest end. It's a weird one. And West Brom <laughs> one of the I get paraphrased way too often. <laughs> no, you can quite literally. I get say, taken. You said Chelsea have one of the hardest possible starts, and then yeah. said, because these are the games we usually struggle in. After the Merseyside derby, where Liverpool probably could have felt their best player got injured and they should have had a red card and probably should have had a goal, we spent a good half hour of you and Steve Brown just discussing the injustices Chelsea and West Ham <laughs> experienced. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, before we move on to Spurs, Thomas Party worth worth the fifty million? No, because he's got Thomas Thomas on his shirt. That is, <laughs> that is unfortunate. I probably would have bought a shirt. If, yeah. Especially when you've got yeah, a name like Party. Exactly. How, I how, also... What's... We don't need any more Party... Um, no, we do not. Like, uh, I forgot the word. Puns. Yeah. Party no, time. We've used time. them now. It's, it's not that clever. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of them are overly uh, imaginative, are they, either? I, th- I think... I, I like the signing prior to having seen him play for Arsenal. I, I still like it now, but it's, uh, 50 minutes still a lot. We'll see, but it looks like it's going to be, doesn't it? I saw people calling Roy a racist for saying he was similar to Vieira. Yeah, I did see an article that's already called him <laughs> Vieira. This is just, just stop. I don't think you can ever have another Vieira, and that is... Probably the closest is going to be someone like Yaya Torre. And even then... A slightly different that, again, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, can quite... I'm just a player that can quite literally do all of it. We seem to mm. now have either an attacking midfielder or a defensive midfielder. And then, yeah. uh, then a Scott McTominay. <laughs> Party <laughs> was as close as we've had is probably, but two games into his career... Uh, Torreira was being called the new Vieira, so. <laughs> but you look at the money United spent on Van der Beek, the <laughs> commission for Cavani and them youngsters they signed, and they spent more on them than we did on Party and Gabriel, so. Yeah, they Those fucked it again. Slot mostly into United side. Party next to Pogba probably is the one as well, because Pogba is going to be allowed to do his thing next to him. He's done. Everyone just stopped with him. He's done. Yeah, he, he looked great against Leipzig. I thought and they played yeah. him almost in the ten. But then all his thing is that McTominay doesn't really offer much in terms of bringing the ball forward. So he tries playing Pogba deep, like he's using a DLP on their football manager. Yeah, he just doesn't have the substance for the job. He needs he's... to put it on DLP I... support and not defend. It was a. It was, sh- it was a shit plan from Oli's part because it looked like there was no plan whereas Arsenal had a plan and they might execute it. But the players didn't even fucking look up for it. For a, a big game against Arsenal, I would say Rashford and Greenwood did. Other than that, I thought everyone else could Rashford have... Rashford uh... was sulking. Uh, I mean, was start sulking. with. 
that first challenge Gabriel put in on him, he said, I do not want this. He don't want this work. What do you think of Keane sulking after the game as well? All he was so... How many games has Arteta lost? How many games has Arteta lost? Two of them were against City and Liverpool. Was this what he was going out to bat for Ollie, though? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Trying to help his mate out. Well, Cahill argued and made a good point in saying that the difference here is that in the games that Arsenal have lost, Arteta's quite clearly realised what the mistake was and ensured that next time out that isn't happening. Ollie makes a mistake and says, well, maybe it won't happen the next time. But... They do have to. They have to go out the bat for their mate, don't they? But so if more shame on Sky for putting them on. Yeah, literally got two books on the teammates of the managers. <laughs> Why didn't we have every yesterday? He'd have been in tears. Better <laughs> we didn't have Sunis either. He loved that party performance. He would have. He'd have Peter, enjoyed beating Peter up every other United Pogba was there to sweep up after the party was over. Magical. That is a great line. On to the Spurs game then. Bar the big under one. Under a lot of criticism. Bale scores the first Spurs scores for the first time the Spurs since twenty thirteen. Did you watch it, Sean? No. Uh, obviously because of pay per view and not find the stream. So I listened on the radio while uh, while watching the NFL. What do you love the radio recently? It's a throwback. I quite like it, yeah. Well, actually, Keenan I, was I, listening to the boxing on the radio on Saturday. That is a throwback for you. That is. I listened definitely. to it. I mainly started listening to it when I was hungover on a Sunday because I just couldn't face. <laughs> I couldn't face like the, the images. <laughs> That's a serious TV. hangover. <laughs> so I just the light was too I much. Just listen, listen to the games in a dark room. <laughs> the one, the, the best one actually was when the the masters were on, and I listened to the golf on the radio, and that was bloody hell. Um, but yeah, no, I just listened to it on the radio. This one. So I've given my dad abuse for listening to golf on the radio. That's something else. Jesus. <laughs> so Bale was brought on on seventy minutes. Three minutes later, I think he, he scored. Um, Kane's the main talking point put Spurs ahead in the 13th minute after being fouled in inverted commas by Adam Lallana. Take out those inverted commas. (laughs) Well, we we spoke about this when Steve was on um, a fortnight ago with this Kane thing where he sees a player go up for the ball and then backs into their legs. (laughs) Well, he was... Because he obviously has a look. And this is before Lallana jumps up, but you can see Lallana's going to jump up here. So then starts moving that way, and then obviously then Alana jumps up and it happens. But well, I mean, he moves away from the ball to go into Alana's legs, and he did the same against Creswell. So it's not like it's an unfortunate coincidence. But then with that, I also don't like. I kind of agree with you in in the sense that in an ideal world, it's probably not given. But then why why is it any different than when a player say knocks knocks the ball past? a defender and then runs into them and then that's given as a penalty well, it's say just going forwards instead of backwards because Lalana comes down on his head from a height is the issue and that's Lallana why is charging in lines right well, yeah but not... he's making a play for the ball at least isn't he he's trying to win it in the air yeah. it's like in, in rugby once the player goes in the air you, you can't 
challenge for it. And yeah. I know if you do everything that you can or can't do in rugby and compared to football, it's going to be kind of a weird path. But that seems a fairly straightforward one because mm. of the dangers of how the player is going to come down when you make contact with them in the air. It's not allowed. Yeah, so if that was a line-out, you'd probably get penalised, don't you? If if Kane was jumping with him, it would be okay, but he's not. He literally just looks for his legs. I think it's the look as well. It's the fact that he looks across and then basically isn't looking at the ball is the the problem with it. I've said before, Mm. if you you have a a goal kick and you do that to the striker, they'll penalise the striker for backing into the defender nine times out of ten. Kane has a history for being a nasty piece of work. (laughs) <laughs> he's lucky. He's lucky. He's English, because with well, his diving, done. with his diving, there you go. His diving, which he does <laughs> constantly. Him and Vardy, the two worst in the league, other than Son. And part of the game. The way, <laughs> the way they go about it, they're lucky that they don't get more stick because Kane really is one of the dirtiest players in the league. <laughs> you know he's not that type of player. Him and Son, they're not that type of player. His injury as to why he was hobbling through the Champions League final was because he tried to be horrible to Delph, and Delph gave Delph just stayed in there with him, and he came <laughs> off worse. Delph bodied him. It's going to take him going up for one, and someone going into his legs, and he'll have a right whinge, and they'll probably get a penalty for it as well. Top Penham. The Kane one, you can call playing the ref, and I do agree somewhat in if the ref's going to give a penalty for that and they're not going to punish it, do it yeah. until they do. The, the sun dive is insane. <laughs> and I think so that's is this the one? Is this the one where, because I've seen the highlights, is this the one where he's like facing away from the goal? He literally, he literally stops, <laughs> kicks the ball away, and then jumps between the two players. <laughs> what I don't get as well is that what, last season, players were being booked for simulation left, right, and centre. Oh, like, where has that gone? What? It's not happening now, is it? Yeah. Yeah. No. That is a yellow card for simulation, without a doubt. So, if they've kind of like gone laps on it and it's happening everywhere now. The FA are kicking back after Liverpool tried that project big picture. And so Spurs coming in, they want that new title challenger. They've listened to the media and heard Spurs could be the one. So they're trying to give Spurs the league. <laughs> You're having a laugh, aren't you, with that Newcastle Eric Dyer penalty? What was wrong with that? Well, it wasn't a pen, was it? That was more of a pen than the one that you got yesterday. <laughs> and then the reason the goal's given for Brighton in what should be a foul is well, probably one, because yeah. it's probably because he's seen Spurs diving around and He's questioning himself. The fact that he's gone to see it after, he's seen a stranger. <laughs> That's what well, it's because he's, he's obviously not wanting to admit he's wrong, is he? Did you watch yes. yesterday too? Crouch said it's nice to see the referee go over, see it, and then stick with stick with his mistake. Chappers and Keown were cracking up. That was very good. The first ref to just, not overturn their thing, wasn't it? Troy just keeps cracking up whenever he sees Keown's glasses. It is funny. He says he's trying to be Martin O'Neill. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think my thoughts on the game are Aregion is proven a very good signing. And, yeah, again, he's one good. of the players that we have to play because I think Ben Davis is just so 
just average and not really good at anything. Uh, really, when it's said like that. Hoy, Hoyberg would be the other one as well. Like He pretty much has to play. He's the only player who can really play that defence midfielder role or pivot, as um, Jack likes to say. That's um, Hoybier to you. Hoybier. <laughs> play, play that position, because otherwise we've got like Winks or Sissoko in there who aren't, again, who aren't kind of as good. They're basically the Ben Davis of the midfield. So those two are kind of key and have to play. So I think if either of those get injured, and we're probably in trouble, um, obviously outside of Kane and Sons, the obvious ones. But um, yeah, still worry about our defence um, in terms of the centre-backs. But I think quite a lot of the defences in the league are pretty poor at the moment anyway, so that should be all right. When do you think Bale will start starting? Because Mourinho does really love Lucas Moore as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he's played in, I think he's played in like almost most of Mourinho's games. So I, I don't know because he'll... Might be a couple more weeks, and then, but it'll still rotate anyway. Because like, obviously against. Well, he said after um, the loss on Thursday that that's made his team selection really easy. I think he was sending yeah. a message to certain players there, though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Delhi being a, a key one, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Mora didn't feature in the last on Sunday, did he? Did he not? I don't know. Pay per view or just in the highlights? Uh, no, I don't think he. I don't think he featured. Um, to be honest, so, yeah, I was outraged about the Kane one before I'd seen it. It might be, <laughs> <laughs> it might be a, a couple more weeks, I think. I imagine he'll probably play in the Europa League again. And then maybe after the international break, I reckon I might start the first league game after that. Because whoever is, I think it's quite a big game. Um, you've got a lot of big run. games coming up. Yeah, because you've got Chelsea, Arsenal, City and Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. So run. Yeah, I think he'll start the first game after the um, after the international break. It's all right. It's all right there. You got Luda Goretz and uh, West Brom first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it's Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester. That is a horrible run because Palace isn't needed. Then Wolves either. away. Yeah. And Stoke on Stoke in the EFL as well. <laughs> I do think title contenders. No, it's too year too soon. Like <laughs> you, uh, every I, time. No, though, I do think that top four because I didn't think top four was going to be realistic before the season started, but now I think that could definitely happen. Um, Jose celebrated not. Europa. Don't forget, celebrated it. That was just for the cameras on Amazon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think they are title tenders because we haven't really played. The toughest team on paper we had was United, and then obviously we <laughs> smashed them six one. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens after these stretch of games when we play against City, Arsenal, and, and Chelsea, and then see what happens. But I think we come fourth, and then the best hope is to win either the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, or or Europa League. I did think that. After seeing United again on Sunday, it was quite easy to see how Spurs scored six. It was just that with Spurs, with the the way you attack, the best course is for you to go at them and be swinging from the first bell. Yeah. With Arsenal, if, if we go punch for punch with United with our defence as it can be in their attack that was the worst way we could have gone about it so yeah yeah two very different ways of going about it and 
showed just how poor United are on both sides. So. I do, I do think we're split. Obviously, as Sean said, there we'll have a better idea after this run of games. Uh, but the concern for me, obviously, is the defence. As Sean's touched on, no one's really defended overly well this year. So there's a feeling that who can kind of make the least mistakes because we're kind of accepting everyone's going to. I was realising in the last couple of games they have quietly built a nice squad there. Yeah. In terms of, you think some of the options on the bench, I know he's coming from a fair bit of criticism. Fortune. But yeah, no, you, you are right, yeah. But when like, you know, people like Ali, LaSalle, so stuff are on the bench, those are some incredible options to be having. I'm, even Obviously, Bale, obviously, coming back. There's a, even people like Bergwijn, we don't know how good that Vinicius will be, so they have built options there. Which is, I find that you know, maybe Bergwijn, a bigger squad than I was expecting. Bergwijn seems to pass the eye test, even if the numbers don't quite match up yet. But even, you know, even if he's just a squad player, it's a nice option, isn't it? Whenever I've seen him, he looks, you know, at least a bit of a threat. Yeah, the, the, the good thing, and this, this is the thing that we need to get to a position where players like Winks, like Davis... I mean, like our squad players, aren't they? Yeah. Starting. These kind of players would be good squad players and they're yeah. good to have on the bench, but not exactly. be our first team players. So, yeah, that's a position we've luckily been able to get into. So, yeah, well, I'm, hope, I'm hoping at some point when they're both fit that the Salso and, and Dombele both start in the same team. Um, I don't know if Jose will ever do that, will he? Because they're both positive, but yeah. He's but they, playing, they are. He's, he's said in a few interviews that he might do, but, but yeah, I don't think he will. They are both very good. One of my takeaways under the right conditions. Sorry, Carol. This documentary was um, how proud Levy seemed to be of the the money they spent. Like for someone that is so like notoriously uh, like tight, prudent with yeah. He he made a point, didn't he, to one of the people there where he said um, that people have got to realise that we have one of the highest net spends in the last like whatever period he said or last season. I think he might have said that. Like he's that... quite proud of it, and that shocked me a bit. Unless he was just saying, "Is that not yeah?" PR to try and keep people off his back, though. You know, when when section of Spurs yeah. fans do get unhappy with him, is like, "Oh, when's he going to loosen up the purse strings?" Or is this his way of kind of getting out there? Well, look, we have spent money. Yes, he did seem to enjoy the kind of pantomime of getting a new player in and. Him saying he's got to deliver. I think he enjoyed the documentary Berg, full stop. <laughs> Berg one that proper confused. He's the one. He's like, got to back it up now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that came across a lot more of. Um, I think he was trying to be a lot more lighthearted if it came yeah, across. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he very much does just look like he's a lot funnier in his own head. He did. It was very Brentish, wasn't it? That, that document with him in, in the documentary. <laughs> As Leeds are about to start, I saw someone saying that Bamford's the perfect one to lead the line for Arsenal, and I had to log off earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that should just about do us. I mean, we've coped with that, Alex, so bad message for him to uh, him to see you when he just fancies a Monday off. And, no, it's uh, no coincidence. If you check the numbers, you see the numbers of the pods that Alex isn't on and the numbers that he is on. See the difference. I think I think I think we've done well today because some of them games Newcastle, Everton, uh, Wolves Palace did their best to suck the life out of us and <laughs> we turned it back round fat shaming Lacazette and saying how bad United are, so there we go. So thank you again for listening to another edition of Spitballing Pod. 
We'll be back next Monday. Will Alex be there? Who knows? <laughs> Goodbye. And I guess we have to start saying that. Stay safe. Adios. <laughs>